Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you today? I am fantastic, Peggy. And you? I am doing very well, thank you. We're in the midst of spring break here, so I have a full house. You might hear squealing or screaming, depending on which way the morning goes. So I apologize in advance for the sounds of my little cherubs. Quite all right. I think it's a great way for us to just take the pulse of what's going on in the channel with home at any given point in time. If there's screaming, you know, we'll know that it's not going well in your absence. And if there's laughter and joy, we'll know that Scott's doing a really good job parenting. This That's is our right. way of evaluating him, actually. <laughs> well, so my, my oldest just ran out and grabbed my youngest. So, yeah. <laughs> there they are. So- there's the answer to that. <laughs> it's going really well. Our listeners wanted to know. <laughs> it's a peek behind the behind yes. the curtain. Yes, the glamorous lives of motherhood. Uh, it kind of goes along with today's topic, too, though, because today we're going to be talking about toys. Specifically, we're going to be talking about toys that have recently hit the shelves, mainstream shelves. We're not talking specialty, specialty items. We're not talking something that a dad made in the, you know, in the workshop. We're talking about on the shelves of Walmart, on the shelves of Target, readily available for everybody to see, toys representative of people living with limb loss, limb difference, and a variety of other disabilities. Yeah, and Peggy, this is something that um, it's been a long time coming, I think. And, you know, the only thing that I could recall when uh, when we started talking about this concept bef- before recording, uh, the only thing I could think of that was sort of along these lines was Sarah Reinertsen uh, for years has had uh, a teddy bear that's uh, an amputee called the Sarah Bear, which uh, she, you know, she's had and has been very popular, I think, among uh, some children in the limb loss, limb difference community. But we've never really seen that carry over into the world of human dolls or human figures, you know? Uh, so uh, that that's a huge difference uh, in, in what's going on. So I, I think, you know, one of the issues here is that children with unlost lost limb difference rarely see themselves represented in the public at large anyway. Um, but we do, I think, I think we both see that changing with, uh, multiple individuals and companies now manufacturing these types of toys or figures for kids. And I think what we should talk about today is why we think that this is important and we, we both think it's important and equally relevant. Who is this likely to help? The fact that it's, that these things are now in the mainstream, why is that significant? Um, and who does it specifically help? Sounds good. Um, so, you know, Dave, uh, we touched on briefly that kids' dolls specifically have historically always had all four limbs, unless um, you're like, you know, in our house where my, my niece, who is turning 15 now, but when she was younger, uh, she broke her Barbie's leg and just started calling it Peggy, which is me. Um, because, you know, she would kind of adapt her own toys um, when they lost pieces, even my, my older son, Robbie, when the the army men would, you know, suffer a catastrophic loss and either lose a plastic arm or a plastic leg. Then he would say it was just battle hardened and put it to the top because it was an amputee now and really strong. 
Right. <laughs> so I, I think that kids who kind of grew up in the limb loss, limb difference universe, whether they're, they live with them themselves or they have a parent or a close relative who is an amputee, I think that they naturally have done this. Um, you know, but it's just now that we're really starting to see the mainstream toys. And I think that does go along with, you know, historically, limb loss, limb difference was something that was concealed. Um, we weren't really as a community kind of out there as much. Um, and now we're really seeing the trend and we've spoken about it quite a bit of, you know, not being ashamed, not hiding it, almost borderline flaunting as a badge of honor, kind of, you know, we're, we're battle, battle weary and strong and, um, no longer feel the need to view it as a weakness, but as, as one of our strengths in a way. Um, and those toys are really starting to, to reflect that. I think that this really started about two years ago with some videos of young girls who received uh, American Girl dolls that have been modified to represent their level of amputation. So these little girls were getting packages in the mail from a prosthetic company that offered their services to to modify and to create prosthetic devices or brace, scoliosis braces, whatever the child was wearing, they represented on the individual doll. And these videos were great. And they went, you know, gangbusters viral. They were on Good Morning America. They were on the Today Show, CNN, Morning Moments, all of that. Great feel-good videos of these little girls receiving dolls who look just like them. I think what happened is that the major toy manufacturers kind of recognized a trend and an opportunity. So now you have a Barbie doll that wears a prosthesis. You have one that uses a wheelchair. You have the My Little Gymnast, which is um, a, like a version of the American Girl doll, but just not, not nearly as expensive, um, on the shelves of Walmart. And it's a little gymnast with just a prosthesis. So she's in her little leotard and has a little parallel bars with a below. No, actually, I think she's a, I don't know if she's a below knee or above knee. I'm sorry. But she's, she's a lower extremity amputee uh, with a little plastic prosthesis. And it's really, really cool um, to see these devices on the, on the regular toy aisles, you know, in, in all of the big box stores. Yeah. And, you know, as as you alluded to before, it's kind of unsurprising that toys are starting to, I think, reflect or catch up with um, the limb loss, limb difference community and the, and our openness about limb loss. Um, you said correctly that, uh, and I, I completely agree with the fact that historically, this was something that amputees tried to hide. I mean, when I first became an amputee and was I can remember there being this real tension between showing the prosthesis and not showing the prosthesis. And it wasn't just about what my personal preference was. It was like, what is the thing that most amputees do nowadays, right? It was the sort of broader issue of what's kind of the common standard of behavior in this community that I haven't been a part of before. Um, and I think that really... I think that really fundamentally changed uh, in the early 2000s and especially um, as we got into the, the second decade of the millennium. Uh, so it's not surprising that we've seen this trend 
escalate with something as visible as, you know, Mattel, manufacturer of Barbie, putting Barbie dolls in prosthetic limbs and, and the other examples you mentioned. Um, and also, I think, you know, probably something we haven't discussed, Peggy, but the simple fact that social media allows you to see other people, different people so easily in ways that you never could historically. I mean, in 1996, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no way to um, there, there was no way for an amputee to really be visible, even if they wanted to be, right? It was only what you might see on a local newscast or in a newspaper story. Um, but there was no way to really amplify the effect of um, of wearing a prosthesis and show that to the world. What's your, I mean, how do you think about the role that social media has played as part of this equation as well? Oh, definitely. I think that social media has been a real game changer, not only for the limb loss, limb difference community, but for the entire disability community as a whole, is that instead of living in vacuum in a small town where you may be the only amputee, you may be the only wheelchair user that you've ever seen, um, now really people just have to log on and they are exposed to a whole, a whole world of people who are living lives just like them, have very similar issues and struggles and triumphs. And social media, especially with, I mean, it has a lot of frustrations and a lot of, there are a lot of negatives with it, but the true positive is that it really has been able to knit people together and knit communities together that are just fragmented all across the world. Um, and I do think that that's played a huge role in visibility and of inclusive of inclusion of showing that, you know, uh, there's other moms with living life with a prosthesis. When I started my blog, I didn't know another mom. I wasn't, you know, social media was really just in its infancy. Um, and now, I mean, you know, I have hundreds of amputee mommies friends and it's amazing and it's because the social media has allowed people to connect who might never otherwise have only been able to meet at a conference if they were able to get there or in their prosthetist office. Right. Uh, that was right. really the only time that I ever saw another amputee. And I do think, I mean, it's not only, the dolls are not only coming with amputations, which obviously is the one that we're going to be addressing, but there are also um, dolls with the white cane, uh, there are dolls with cochlear implants or doll or not cochlear with hearing aids, um, all kinds of different things. There's a doll company that will actually create custom dolls for you, for your child, um, that will be tailored exactly to their specific requirements. So if your child has, you know, birthmarks or, or burns or skin issues or different limb uh, malformations, you can go and she will create a doll and it's called a doll like me. And those are really cool too. And several of her videos have gone viral. And I think it just shows when, when you see these videos of these kids getting a doll that looks like them or has the same quote unquote disability as them, it's really showing them that they're not alone and that they, they kind of deserve to be in the same format as everybody else, right? I mean, when I grew up, I had a Barbie with two arms and two legs. I never really thought about it. 
Um, so now these, these children can go and, and, you know, play with the Barbie with the prosthesis alongside of the four limbed Barbie. And it's not going to be a big deal. And I think that that's going to be a trickle down that we're going to see in the future. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think that's a really good point. So let's talk, let's turn to a discussion of why we think that this is important, Peggy. And so, I mean, what are, what are the things that jump to your mind when you see these dolls commercially available? What, why is this relevant? So I think that first and foremost, it, it affirms to the child that they are perfect the way that they are and their body form is represented and celebrated and is no longer anything to, to be ashamed of. And the empowerment of a child being able to go to Walmart and find a doll with a prosthetic just like them. Um, if I were a parent of that child, I would just be overwhelmed um, with gratitude that my child would have that experience because I never would have imagined when I became an amputee that that would be an experience, you know, on the Walmart shelves, a doll with a prosthetic. That's just amazing. As a parent, um, you know, being able to, to, if your child, like me, my child, my children don't have limb differences, but they would be able to play with a doll that had one just like mom. It normalizes it. Um, you know, it would normalize it for, you know, well, you know, Barbie doesn't have a leg. Grandma no longer has a leg, that sort of thing. It makes those connections. I also think that it just normalizes and destigmatifies disability for anybody who's going to be playing with those toys because it's no longer something different. It's no longer something that you don't talk about. And it's no longer something that has to be hidden. And one of those, don't look at the person in a wheelchair, don't ever talk to the person in a wheelchair, don't ask any questions, it's rude. It's really changing that dynamic to, yeah, you can go ahead and push Barbie around in a wheelchair, the toy Barbie, not the human Barbie, because you always want to ask. Um, <laughs> good good do, caveat there. Yeah, but do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it really, it normalizes it and it takes away the fear and the stigma of disability because, hey, if it's normal enough to be on a Walmart shelf, on a Target shelf, readily available through Amazon, um, then, then it's got to be more than just, you know, one person living in a town where they're all alone. Right. That's correct. I agree with that. It's, um, yeah, I, I think those are all really good points, Peggy. So I'm just excited about it. I think it's a really, really neat thing. Um, you know, I just, I think when I think of when I became an amputee, I never, I mean, I had a Sarah Bear. Um, and that really, it was a special order item online you had to wait for delivery it was not something and it was a bear right i mean it was cute and oh look the bear has a prosthetic like me but it wasn't anything close to me um but now to know that well i'm not gonna have any more kids but you know my grandchildren someday maybe or you know friends whatever can go and just pick up a doll with a prosthetic and it's no big deal um except when you think about how far we've really come. I think it's amazing. Yeah. The fact, the fact that this is in another two or three years, this will be pretty unremarkable. Will be a, that'll be an even better day. We won't be talking about it then, but you know, it's, it does signal sort of, it signals a mainstreaming 
of the issue and the visibility of it in a way that is really encouraging. So if we wrap this up, Peggy, I think, you know, the sort of three, three main points. One, you know, obviously uh, the historical lack of representation of the limb loss, limb difference community um, is changing in a lot of ways, including in the world of kids' toys, kids' dolls. Um, we see that, we see the visibility of that now uh, as a positive thing. And, you know, it helps multiple different, you know, let's call them stakeholders in the, uh, in that, uh, potential consumer group. It helps uh, kids with them lost them difference themselves by, by normalizing it and giving them a visual representation of who they are quite publicly. It helps parents can help the parents of a child with limb loss, knowing that their child has access to a doll that looks like them. It can also help parents who have limb loss themselves with able-bodied children as you have. And finally um, it also has a trickle down effect on kids, even without disabilities um, who in walking through a Walmart, um, seeing these toys now uh, may begin to understand that this is just as normal. It appears on a shelf the same way that Captain America does and that um, a regular Barbie doll does and any other type of figure does. And it's just part of the rich tap tapestry of human life, right? Just people are different and that's fine. Isn't it awesome? I never, even when we started this podcast, Dave, I, I never really thought that we would be in doll form already. Not us personally, but the community. <laughs> God help us. There are two dolls. There's at least one doll of those two that no one would want. And that's the, the middle-aged bald guy with one leg. I mean, that doesn't strike me as a as a top seller. But oh, that could be – you'd be a great pirate doll. Arr. Would I? Would I? Well, there's – there, there's something I, I'm pretty sure no one wants, but it's kind of you to kind of you to say so. All right, I, I think we have covered this issue, Peggy. I think we have too. It was great talking to you. You too. Have a great week. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye.